today, author of the book Tomato Fields, Tim Moon. How are we doing, sir? I'm great. How are you? I am doing wonderful. So we got a lot to talk about today, but before we get too much into it, let the people know where they can find you at. Uh, you can get me on at Instagram and then using the title of my book, and it's tomato underscore fields. And my um, email is cryptic mysteries at number 23 at gmail i'll i'll send that to you um for show notes later yes absolutely and we'll be sure to get that out there and be sure to give tim a like and follow as well guys so yeah i uh, sent me a lot of stuff over and i'm really kind of glad that we were able to link up i've had a couple authors on before and i think it's always interesting to have any measure of person who's in any creative endeavor, but I think there's something so special about authors and book writing. So I guess without getting too, too much into the book itself, why don't you walk me through or what inspired you to want to start writing? Um, I've always wanted to, to write. I've all, I've always enjoyed it. I, never wrote a novel and I um, was uh, you know I didn't have a ton of confidence that I could do that <laughs> you know it's not like every sure. other day someone says well let's write a novel and so yeah and there's not there's not a lot of people cheering you on you know while you're trying to do that so <laughs> They probably um, look at you like you're insane. Have, you're like, I think I'm going to write a novel. <laughs> like, all yeah, right. Okay. It's like, okay. What's Tim doing next? And so I um, And then I am very interested in the subject and had grown more and more interested over the years and didn't, done a lot of research. So I started thinking, well, what if you could take a mystery like cryptid mystery like Bigfoot or something of that kind and then and then use uh, fiction instead of nonfiction. There's a lot of nonfiction books written about that that nobody reads. And um, I'm thinking, well, maybe if you could use good stories and develop good characters and make interesting drama, you could introduce this creature in a way that would make people more open to the possibility that they exist. And so I thought, well, I think I'm going to try that. And then uh, about 10 years ago, my brother and I were in, in a hotel room talking and we were doing some work together for my uncle. And he, he mentioned to me that he had had this encounter with Bigfoot in, on his property, which was turned out to be pretty scary. <laughs> and um, it just shocked me that somebody that I knew could could have had a story. I mean, I'd read thousands of stories, but to, to hear someone who I actually knew go over what happened to them and how have it be so dramatic, I thought, wow, that that's and I kind of used that as the inspiration to get me started. It was something I had been thinking about, but I said, I gotta do this. So I wrote the the book around his property. It is kind of based around the area on his property and um, developed, you know, make-believe characters and used those characters in the area that he lives to to uh, present the drama and then wrote a book about it. And based on the right, reviews... It's Ohio. Of the, you can just say it's Ohio. It's fine because, you know, well, it's if not, Bigfoot it's, was going to be anywhere, it would be outside of Dayton, you know. And it's actually well, just it's, some really it's not Ohio, map. actually. It's in Washington State. So but they yeah, got in there too. Okay, fair, fair. <laughs> you know, he's just got and, a lot Bigfoot's got some Patagonia on. He's driving a Subaru. Yeah. He's got a SUV. <laughs> yeah, he, he drinks a lot of IPAs. Yeah. Hmm. Um, yeah, he uh um, like yeah, that's really cool. Like as far as I think Bigfoot stories are kind of like UFO stories or anything where that like you hear a lot of it in media, but it's definitely different to talk to someone about it. And also like, especially in your case, like knowing someone like, yep, I definitely had a Bigfoot incident in my backyard. Like what the fuck are you talking about, bro? Like that's yep. a big one. 
Yeah, at first I was I questioned him quite a bit because I wanted to make You're sure. You're like, how many good. drinks did you have? Yeah, were you drinking? Yeah, yeah. And he he got kind of pissed at me for for questioning him and said, "That's why I don't tell anybody because I I, I don't want to be laughed at or, or I don't want people to think I'm lying." And I said, "I'm not. I just need to know the details because I knew all about the creatures and the experiences people had, and I'd read." tons of stories and listen to tons of stories so when he started telling me about him going wow this is fitting right in with <laughs> a lot of stuff but he was he looked he looked legitimately afraid yeah. um just retelling a lot of that's one of the things i look for when i hear a story or a or a report by somebody is i look for fear because it's hard to fake fear unless you're an actor and sure most sure. people aren't so if they or start a getting a, it's one or the other really or a sociopath yeah so if they start having you know fear they look like they're afraid when they relive it then it makes me wonder if there's not some truth to it so sure, but sure. It, would, it would scare me so oh yeah no i mean like i, I don't even like when you know like homeless people follow me around like i wouldn't want an actual you know giant gorilla person in my backyard like that's a whole different yeah that's pretty much where it was yeah just like yeah oh shoot yeah they can they can ruin your day yeah no i mean i can't think of any more bummerish things than you know just nice saturday morning going out you know having your coffee and there's a squatch in your backyard you're like come on you know like i just got rid of the geese now you i don't have a trap big enough for that Uh Uh, so you said you expressed an interest in uh, in particular bigfoot but i suppose like all i guess cryptology i don't know if that's the right term but just cryptids in general so what got you kind of into it oh that's true i don't know as a a field of interest well have you ever seen the movie legend of bogey creek no i have not you should you should write that down it was a cult film that came out it became a cult film but it came out in the in the 70s early 70s and it was about a bigfoot like creature that was tormenting these people in oklahoma and it just it, i mean it they it was a very low budget film but it made a ton of money and I saw it as a kid and I watched that film and I go, wow, this is amazing. I think there's something to this. And I, I always did believe there was something to it. But about 20 years ago, I really started, I'm a, a history teacher and a historian too. So I really started looking in to all the stories from a history standpoint and thinking about them as oral reports and mm-hmm. thinking about if you could have someone people from different continents and different cultures and different ethnic groups and different religions and different languages all over the world report roughly the same thing that they're encountering in the woods around the world. Um, That's impossible to get all those groups of people to report things that are, are similar unless they really are similar, unless they're really happening. There's so much smoke. There has to be fire somewhere. I don't know what the fire is. I don't understand a lot of the things that revolve around the mystery, uh, but I know that you can't get all millions of people to lie about this the same way. And uh, it's just not possible. So I know that as a historian, and I know that um, as someone who studied the topic. So my that that's part of it i just am fascinated by it and personally wanted to know more about it and and have gone from wanting to see them catch one and put it in the zoo to wanting to just leave them alone (laughs) and i don't care if anyone catches one just yeah but well that's kind of the thing like the notion but like behind okay capturing it and keeping in the zoo but in reality like i don't think realistically that would ever happen like if there ever was and maybe there has been an actual, you know, Bigfoot that has been found and captured, but there is no way if it was in the United States of America that anyone would know anything about it because yeah. I 
firmly believe just with the intelligence and military structure we have here or just the police structure they would ensure that no one knew about it until very long after the fact kind of like you know to segue a little bit like we're seeing a little more stuff come out about like unidentified flying objects and how like there's military reports now like yep there was a thing came in and just bolted off and like oh this happened you know decades ago at this point well think about this the someone has come out and said there was they have absolutely have actually captured craft yeah yeah with people with aliens on it yeah and they're the whistleblower uh mm -hmm. and that's it what's this yeah. what's the question that's just screaming out at you uh like uh, i'm thinking like how like how long did they know you know like i mean what else is being kept you know yeah what else is and if someone can can create a flying saucer and fly it here they're well advanced of us what mm -hmm. else can they do to us yeah what sure. what else what else can they do i mean this it's kind of like you'd want to know that right the, yeah. there's nothing the media is is almost doing everything they can not to talk about it yeah which in some aspects i get because i do understand the notion of and i guess if you really think about it like if can you imagine if we had total transparency with everything that our government or any other government did in the world like we would all be shocked and appalled and vicariously traumatized to the point that you wouldn't do anything nor leave your house whatsoever right that's fair i mean th well, there's a lot of bad stuff out there uh, i think so that i understand i understand the notion of trying to suppress it but also like if there's something there i think we're at the point like i don't know i think collectively maybe not the world but at least i would say you know the united states could probably handle the use i th i think more people now understand on a basic intellectual level that like okay we are not the only creatures in the massive space known as the universe and even like with its low mathematical probability you're still talking there is a probability that something came from somewhere way far out there and made its way here at what point we have no idea could be that they've been living here all along <laughs> Sure. Yeah, that's I mean, like, I don't know how that much you get into like Eric like Eric von Daniken, but that's kind of his, you know, line of thinking as far as like chariots of the gods and things like that. Yeah, which uh, like interesting, but I don't fully prescribe sure. that. Sure. But it's just there's a lot of mysteries. I think those mysteries are related mm -hmm. in some way. And um so it's just interesting to think about. Yeah, for sure. So you talked a bit about your interest and, and what got you into the book writing. I just kind of want to get your take a bit on, I would say there's been a relative explosion in like, call it cryptid fandom recently. So if you had to, in your own estimation, think about what attributed to that and what has been your experience if any with the i guess cryptid lovers community because i do know some people in you know that are really into cryptids and i i think it kind of runs the gamut as far as you know pretty benign and innocuous to like fairly toxic just in my opinion um it just i suppose it depends i don't I have kind of a developed a, an approach to this that I typically won't talk about it with people until I've determined that there's some kind of interest on their part. And then I'll only do it 
as much as the interest that they have. Um, and I've had really good experiences on Instagram. People seem to get along real well. And I've met a lot of people with common interests and, um, and uh, had a few conversations, a little bit on Twitter, Facebook. There's a couple of websites I've gone to, but it seems, seems to be the same stuff keeps getting repeated over and over. And there is a lot of toxic uh, people who just want their opinion to be true and no, regardless of what you think. Um, and they, they, they do a lot of cheap stuff. So I avoid Facebook quite a bit when it comes to this topic. I just, um, but I've had pretty positive experiences with Instagram in a, and in a very limited way with Twitter. Well, so, are you going to switch over to Thread now? I mean, that's the new Instagram platform. You got to get what on Thread. Thread? So, I don't thread, know. Thread, I think that's what it's called. I don't know. Zuck launched a, a basically Twitter competitor because, I don't know, him and Elon are going to fight, I guess, which okay. I don't know who my money's on in that fight. I mean, like, neither of them seem to be in really good shape. They both like just started training. I feel like Elon would probably pull a gun in that fight. That's just me, but you know, we don't, <laughs> that's the last thing I'd be watching. <laughs> oh, come on. That's great uh, television there. I'd love to watch like two billionaires in their underwear, uh, especially if it's actually in their underwear. I want them both wearing just like fruit of the loom, whitey tighties, and I want them covered in maple syrup with 12 ounce boxing gloves in a, like a hen house, basically. Okay, I, I would do that. I would watch that. I would pay a hundred dollars to watch that fight. That is great. I, I, I would watch the feathers and the syrup. So that would be great. <laughs> you're like, if you're going to do it, do the damn thing. I want to see the whole dog and pony show. Yeah. But yeah, I would, uh, I doubt that it would be much of a spectacle <laughs> without oh, the syrup, yeah. without the syrup and the chicken feathers. I think it would be disappointing. So yeah, if it's just regular fights, just two out of shape white guys standing there, shoot. Ah well, maybe um, they could tar and feather the loser or something. Oh, there you go. Yeah, there you go. Controversial. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I guess speaking of, I don't know, it's not necessarily controversial, but I think any more, there's a lot of people who ascribe to, I guess, Bigfootism. And I think, um, was it like Hunting Bigfoot? That's a show. So there's been a lot of, you know, call it like nonfiction based media well, surrounding like looking yeah. for you know bigfoot or understanding bigfoot so in your opinion does has that done more help or harm as far as you know the discussion around you know sasquatch in my opinion it's done more harm okay. most of the if they're on tv if it's on tv with the possible exception of the history channel it's not it's it's done for ratings not for legitimacy and yeah um it's kind of like the great tool that has been used for any to cover up a lot of the stuff that we've been talking about has been mockery you make yeah. fun of people who believe it and i actually talk about that in the book at the end but the the and these shows kind of make a mockery of it for the most part that I've, that I've seen. And then sure. people laugh about it and they joke about, okay, it might draw more people's interest, but running around the woods with a baseball bat, hitting trees and yeah. making funny noises. No, it's, definitely, it's definitely the way only, over the top. The only one laughing is the Bigfoot. Yeah. I mean, they, they, you don't think they see that coming? <laughs> For sure, yeah, and I, yeah, I think just the whole notion of like, if you were going to have an interaction with Bigfoot, like the likelihood that you're actually going to have a TV 
like TV camera crew there and actually catch that interaction is like slim and none, you know? Yeah. Like, that's right. I mean, that's like they had to work for years just to take, you know, like good video of like snow leopards and those like we know they exist kind of thing but like they you know david attenborough had to work at that shit yeah it's hard you gotta really know what you're doing and you gotta i think it takes someone who wants to spend a lot of time out there and become part of the environment to so to speak so that other animals get used to you being there and aren't as reticent to to show themselves that just takes a lot of time and there's no fanfare and nobody wants to film that and put it on TV. Sure. Sure. Um, so I talked a little bit about kind of Bigfoot and the source of Bigfoot mythology. So I kind of wonder, especially with you being a history guy yourself, like where do you think of the intersection of the Bigfoot myth and the Bigfoot reality starts to diverge because I think this is just my estimation as far as understanding of myth. That is a tool designed to pass a message down through an oral tradition, but it's not to be taken as like a hundred percent literal fact. Now there are persons who do report having, you know, Bigfoot sightings interactions with Bigfoot, but I kind of wonder what the difference is between the societal notion of what Bigfoot is compared to, in your estimation, what Bigfoot actually may be. Um, I don't know exactly what it is. I can only guess. And take a stab at it. This is I a ha ha show. I mean, I it's, fine. it's uh, Uncle Ed. Who cares? I think that because of how people report that they moved, the speed that they move at, the speed that the the way they jump and run, and it seems to be um, kind of go against the laws of physics. Something shouldn't be able to move that fast and jump that high and climb that quickly. And, and do things, it does things that they just shouldn't be able to do. <laughs> and the more I've studied it, the more I think, I wonder if they were somehow transplanted here by, by, by something else and that their DNA and they developed on a planet with stronger gravity. And now when they're here, it's like they, they're, they're, they can do anything. They're just super strong, kind of like Maybe Superman was with Krypton on his own planet. He was a normal human, but here yeah. he was superpowers, you know? And, but I, I don't know. It's just a thing I've been toying with this possibility that they are brought here by someone else um, or something else. I, I think that's a Maybe possibility. Maybe it's a link. Maybe it's crashed UFOs. It's actually how been these aliens in the forest for over time and they just kind of went from hyper yeah could. technological mm -hmm. and just down to you know like if you think like post-apocalyptic survival just have to make do in the woods <gasps> yeah i don't know it could be i just it just some things just don't make sense and like i said there's too much smoke not to be fire but what that fire is is really hard to explain sometimes and so I just do the best I can and, uh, and, uh, and would love to find out someday, you know, but yeah. I don't, not sure when that's well, going to sure. happen. Maybe, yeah. Maybe follow up to that. Like, do you think uh, realistically within, you know, your, my lifetime, there will ever be a concrete answer to that question? I think it's related to the other question you brought up about UFOs and what our place is in this universe and what else is in this universe. And I think when we understand that with some degree of, of knowledge, uh, that the, all the stuff about Bigfoot will, will kind of fall into place. It's like, it all, that's, that'll, suddenly that'll all make sense. But it's part of a bigger mystery 
And we might be a week away from having answers to that mystery. We might be a hundred years based on what I see our government do. I don't know if they even know what they're doing. So sure. I honestly don't know. I hope we're close. I think it's possible that we're close, but it could be a hundred years too. <laughs> so. Yeah, I mean, or like I said, like it could be like we already, you know, someone there already has the answer, but it's they like, already do. They do. The know, I, I'm like, pretty sure the the government knows, but um, but for some reason we don't. They don't let people in, and I can guess on that. Don't and, let us yeah. plebs know. We want Bigfoot. God damn it, we yeah. want Bigfoot. <laughs> Had enough of this. <laughs> That's the yeah. I would like it to be resolved, but. I also don't know the reasons it's being hidden if it's being hidden. So I have to just take, be patient. It's out of my, it's out of my wheelhouse. Sure. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's one of these things like it, it's, there's lots of, uh, I guess like it would fall kind of in the conspiracy theory, like vein of things like, and I don't want to necessarily go and say pseudoscience because that implies something more negative but you know something outside traditional scientific thinking yeah and there's a lot of thought exercises with that like you know if you're talking about like ufos and extraterrestrials you know or you know cryptids or like you know eldritch horror or you know yeah. esp anything like that um I don't know if a lot of that will ever turn from thought exercise into actual, I, I guess, like meaningful marked science. You know, I just, I don't know. And I don't know well, if I necessarily see that ever happening. One of the problems I think with science today is it's since the enlightenment, it's totally caught up in materialism and it's, it's hampering its ability to, to really effectively um, understand the universe. And it, it, uh, it's very possible uh, that consciousness is what creates reality and not reality creating consciousness. And um, which means our minds and how we think and interpret things is a lot more powerful than we've given credit for it in the past, the brain is a tool for consciousness rather than consciousness being a product of the brain. And I think that's where the solution lies as well. And um, we're going to have to come to grips with the fact that we're not living in a purely materialistic universe and there's more involved in it than that. And I think a lot of things could happen. We could have overnight that that knowledge could be uh, introduced to society and 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 things could could change pretty rapidly but I think that that a lot of what Tesla was trying to do with energy a lot of what um, you know other scientists have tried to do with energy are going along those lines I, I look at the pyramids I don't believe they were built by slaves pulling rocks on the ground with wheels oh yeah, yeah i mean God, that's a whole separate conversation whole like separate, I mean, but it I, might I, all be combined. Of, like graham hancock and you know i definitely i, I kind of think he's on to something there like yeah, i mean if was. you really have a brain and you can like look especially at the great pyramids of giza it's like people like people really? that long ago with that technology like didn't make that like that just didn't happen something else nope. had to have happened what that is i don't know but they definitely did not do it do you know there's a pyramid in one of the great lakes uh it no i'm trying yeah. to make a joke there something yeah, about, like you know like oh it's outside the chicago river and it was made by al capone kind of thing you know just yeah lots of no, lots of concrete there, shoes there, there really is a one there and it was covered when the ice melted and the lakes were made and that's a long no time. i did not actually know that that's if you look it up on google it'll come right up but it's <laughs> underwater <laughs> and yeah and uh what what made that 
well by the ice age. So there's just so many things that I think are related to our where we are in the universe and what else is out there that I really hope we find out about. But I can't guarantee it'll happen. Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, with whatever the future may hold, you know, hopefully we can find some answers there. So what like is a, this is kind of changing veins a little bit, but I did want to ask you about it. What is a lesser known cryptid that you would want people to look up or know more about? I don't know. Um, I've kind of been always curious about the chupacabra, <laughs> but I don't know very much about it. I've just read little things here and there, but it seems like kind of an interesting animal. Um, so, Maybe uh, opportunity for a new book. Well, I don't know. Tomato um, field south of the border. One. I'm writing a new one, but but it'll Ooh. be a sequel, a sequel to a degree. Um, ah. And I always thought that was a cool little animal. It seems like it it doesn't really attack people. It attacks dogs and attacks animals. Yeah. Uh, but I'd be cool. Just be interesting. So maybe yeah, that. But I mean, horrifying to see. Like, I don't know if yeah. you ever yeah. looked at any of the like depictions of the chupacabra. Yeah, like, hey, <laughs> no, that looks like someone's dog in West Virginia. That's some hills yeah. have eyes bullshit. Not yeah. happening. Nope. Yeah. Stay in your car. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. It's pretty weird looking. So, yeah, for sure. So like you have a, I like the name yeah. too, Chupacabra. That's a cool name. Oh yeah. No, I mean, it sounds like, I mean, it sounds like a drink special at Chili's. I'm going to be honest, but that's just, yeah, it does. $6 Chupacabras. Um, so you're working on the sequel or semi-sequel to yeah. the book now. So I guess, do you have a timeline when you would like that finished by how is the book going can you give it's us the research, any teasers it, from it it's in the research phase now it looks like it's going to be placed in texas and um and it is uh gonna be in the big thicket area which is very mysterious and has a lot of interesting history and so the idea is to, I like to go back. I did it. The book is goes back into the seventies and I did it on purpose. So it could be before Bigfoot became a big thing and no one even really knew the word Bigfoot except in a small areas. And I never even mentioned the word Bigfoot in the book. And I, I won't in this one either. Uh, this will be in the seventies as well. And, uh, so it's going to be both. some kids and they're going to be on a road trip and they're definitely not going to be smoking weed driving down route 66. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of, a lot of people disappear in that area. I just... mean, I've seen Texas chainsaw massacre. Like I know what's up. Yeah. I'm <laughs> like, I mean, yeah. I've been to West Texas anyway, and I can tell you like, if you're going to go missing, like guess what? West Texas, that's the place yeah, to go. It's missing. Like, it's like yeah. Africa. Yeah, there ain't nothing. Yeah, nothing. I saw that's the first time I saw a real life roadrunner. Like I knew it was yeah. a thing from the cartoon, but until you actually see one, it was just at like a shell gas station and legit just walking behind cars. It's 110 degrees so hot that like you're seeing waves come off the ground. And I'm like, that's a goddamn roadrunner. Like, where am I? What is life right now in yeah, where was it hot. like Armadillo, Texas, I think. Yeah. Yep, it's hot. I am. I, I, I drove couldn't them. imagine now. I don't know about you. Like, I mean, I'm in Northwest PA and it's hot as hell here. I don't know how hot it is where you're at, but it's about a hundred. Yeah. It's about 198 to a hundred. It's recently, that's what it's been. It's hot. I like, I like hot, but El Paso, West Texas hot. That's a different kind of hot. Nah, that's but, like, especially the people like, do you ever want to punch them? Like, but it's a dry heat. Like you've never been like, I was in Las Vegas in August, like dog. I don't give a fuck about dry heat. That is a blow dryer you're going into. 
It's a hot. Yeah, I remember stepping. I don't know how I got the stupid idea, but I was in Arizona. It was like 120 degrees outside. And I said, I'm going to go go out and swim. And then I thought, well, I'll sit in a hot tub. That was dumb. I put my foot in there and I pulled my foot out. That, that, water, was so, <laughs> that water was so hot. And so, but it gets really hot in Arizona and, and, and Texas, West Texas. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. West Texas, Arizona, New Mexico, that whole stretch yep. of it. Like that's just Nevada, South Nevada, yeah. parts Super. of Colorado, like, you know, like Southern California, especially like Southeast California, like Death Valley area. Like, I mean, that's just you desert. There's that. just desert there. It's a thousand degrees. Yep. You couldn't have 120 degrees in Texas, in Austin. Um, because of the humidity you people would die it'd just be too hot hundreds hundred hundred and five that's sure. about as much you could yeah do. all the breweries would shut down yeah <laughs> so speaking of austin have you been to joe rogan's new comedy club yet no i didn't know he had one here yeah uh, it's the comedy mothership i guess now i'm imagining it's probably going to be nigh impossible to get tickets to but you know and yeah. i guess like kind of commentary a bit in both of our veins because joe rogan has a lot of people from all sorts of walks on right. his show so i kind of wonder what is your take or opinion on joe rogan and the show and in particular for any of the you know like because he's had bob laser on and i know there's been other personalities on there talking about you know like yeah. ufos and things like that so what's your take on it well i think joe rogan has a sincere interest in this stuff and he and he he's done a good job of allowing these people to come on and speak and share their ideas i think that's great sure. i don't listen and non-judgmentally to, too i think i think it's a genuine like he's just asking questions yeah you know and yeah and it's their interesting question he does a good job with the show so i don't listen to him a lot um but I think the little clips, I hear the little clips on YouTube and I watch the little clips and, hmm. um, and I think they're pretty interesting. I think he has a lot of good points. So yeah, if I, I might go to the comedy show when my son's yeah. here, I'll ask him about it. My son likes him. He listens to him a lot. Yeah. No, it's kind of like, it's always anymore. Like you talk about like, Oh, I listen to Joe Rogan. And it's like, that's like, either people are like way into it or they're like, mm, fuck you, you're a bigot. And it's like, okay, like, I, I think there's some middle ground there. Like I listen to Joe Rogan, but like not exclusively. I've listened to episodes of Joe Rogan, especially if there's something like I'm very much into stand-up comedy. And when he has comedians on, I like listening to those episodes because like sure. it helps I guess my own, I don't know, whatever thought creative process and it's entertaining. So. Well, I, you know, I, I, uh, I think he's doing, he's doing a pretty phenomenal job. Ah, I mean, he got that bag though. though. He got that Spotify money, like sheesh, 50 mil a year. Mm -mm -mm. Yeah. So anyway, he's, so I think um, it's very interesting and I've seen a lot of interesting clips, but I don't listen. I, I listen to a lot of podcasts, but I usually listen to them when I'm driving somewhere or going somewhere. Sure. And yeah. I don't have, I, if I listen to everything, I'd never have time to do anything. There's so much good stuff out there. Oh yeah. There's just so much, co just content media in general. Like we're, yeah. we're at the point that, you know, you can never take it all in at this point. Like, there's so many new shows and movies being released every week, new music, new podcasts, you know, new web series, new whatever. And you really have to kind of pick and choose what you're going to do. So I think it's pro and con, like you can get a little paralysis by analysis, but also like there is a cornucopia of media out there and you can kind of sample from all sorts of spaces. Right, right. So it's I think it's more of a good thing than a bad thing. Yeah, I think. And also it's kind of, I wonder what's going to come next, you know? Sure. Because so Absolutely. much of it changed so fast in the last 10 years. I wonder what's going to be the next. So it's kind of fun to keep an eye on. Yeah.
speaking of changes in the last 10 years, uh, how many new neighbors from California do you have right now? Well, <laughs> I don't know. I, I know a few, uh, but I don't, I can't tell you personally, I've ever, I've talked to someone who moved here from California, meeting them here. I, yeah. I vaguely remember talking to people on the phone that they are, or on the, on social media, but sure. I don't know for sure anybody. So yeah, it's, uh, uh, Elon from what, Musk. I, from what Elon, I heard, it's, <laughs> it's the place to go. Elon lives in Austin. So, and he moved his company here. So. Yeah, so I and that's, that's, like I heard he lives in like a storage unit or like a cabin or something like that. I don't know. I just maybe he's a he's weird like I mean that dude like that's a he Elon's definitely an alien and Zuck is definitely a robot. Like that's I, in my opinion. I don't know. I I I think Elon's pretty pretty smart. So <laughs> oh I, no, he's pretty I, smart, but pretty he definitely got beamed here for sure yeah it's possible i guess <laughs> yeah but i mean like his hairline beamed up you ever look at old pictures of elon and he's like mad balding and then at some point like he came into money and then you know he got the he got the transplant like i see oh. you elon should have kept the bald look look like jeff bezos i didn't know i didn't know that i don't keep up that much with him but yeah if you ever like i mean if you look at pictures of elon musk from like the late 90s like he looks like someone you'd steal their lunch money. Like that's a hundred percent Elon. Really? Like, yeah. Like balding here, bad comb over, like striped rugby top. Like I would trip you if I saw you. Kind. Now looking, it's like, oh, you're the richest dude in the world. So yeah, <laughs> you never know. Ah. <laughs> All right, Tim. So we are getting to the point in the program that we are going to be wrapping up soon. But before we end every episode, I like to finish up with a game. So I have a very special one prepared for you today, and it is a cryptid battle royale. Oop. Lost you. I'm sorry. It's okay. Hey, and we're back. <laughs> someone tried. Someone tried to call. I'm sorry. I canceled. I hung up, but it didn't work. Oh, so it's okay. You're all good. Yeah, I figured. I figured it was something uh, there. It's okay. Daddy has to do some editing later. Oh. <laughs> okay. okay. And come back in. All right. So we like to end every episode with a game, and I have prepared for you a very special game. We have a cryptid battle royale so what i have here these are some head-to-head -head matchups of famous cryptids from around the world that i want to figure out going head-to-head -head, who is the most gnarliest cryptic zoological creature out there and okay. i want your opinion to go down from we have eight of them down okay. to the number one grand champion of the cryptiest cryptid i'll work on it it's fine working title okay. so tim are you ready to play? Sure. Right now. Right. right now. We're doing the damn thing. So typically for this, I have, I do brackets and I go from 16, but looking at cryptids, 
I think once you get out to the 16 mark as far as cryptids, now granted, there's lots of cryptids out there, you're getting into real fine niche territory there that no one really understands or yep. gives much of a shit about. So I yep. just looked, took top 10, cut a couple out. We got eight. Good. We're going to get some head-to-head matchups here. So you can use whatever criteria you want as far as which one's cooler, which one you think would win in a head-to-head fight. I think that would be the most interesting. Like, I'm thinking, like, wrestling match, King of the Ring style. Like, I want to know who's the king of the cryptid ring, in my opinion. So, okay, I, in no particular order, have some matchups for you. Now, admittedly, the first matchups are kind of categorically similar cryptids i'll be more interested once it gets from there so who do you think's better sasquatch or the yeti um <laughs> yeah. probably probably the same thing but i'd go with sure 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 one's a snow bunny though the sasquatch i knew that i just wanted to throw you a little curveball to start with because it's like i knew the comment was like well they're probably the same thing it's like yeah but one lives in an ice cave and makes snow cones so who would win loch ness monster or kraken kraken yeah yeah krakens beats everybody they're the best kraken <laughs> kraken beats everybody like that's one of the things like i've seen um like giant squids on like videos and stuff and they get pretty big but like the whole concept of a kraken just seems wild but i don't know if you saw this is a video from a number of years ago there was like a great white shark that was had a tracker on it and then they found it's like it was getting tracked and then like all of a sudden it just like nose dived way down and then like stopped reporting from the tracker and then they found that like this shark like this great white shark was all like mangled and ate up and they have no idea like yeah what I, I saw i it? saw that on national geographic or something yeah it was, yeah, yeah, yeah 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 it was, yeah, it was a nat geo thing and i'm like you know, that was either a megalodon or a kraken for sure had to be who knows yeah something strange to a big shark like that yeah. i uh I was, have you ever followed, you can follow sharks on the ocean thing out, out in the Atlantic Ocean. They tag the white sharks and they give them names and they, then you can get online and follow them. Mm-hmm. And I was yeah. following, I was following this shark called Hilton and it just suddenly swam out into the Atlantic all the way to England and then it disappeared. And out of nowhere, nobody, not, don't, no clue what happened to that thing, but but uh, yeah. that's just I weird. tell you what, like, I mean, if you want to think about, like, where there's some weird shit, like, I think it's down in the ocean for sure. Yep. Yep. For sure. Okay. All right. Who's winning this matchup? Chupacabra or Wendigo? I think I said that right. Wendigo, antler person, demon, thing. Uh, I would say Wendigo. I don't know much about him, but I would say Wendigo. He seems bigger. Well, yeah, I, I kind of, it, I almost get like, um, like old Celtic druid vibes, you know, just some like half deer forest yeah. thing. Yeah, weird. Long fingers. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and who's winning, Mothman or the Jersey Devil? got a flying matchup now i'm gonna go i'm going jersey devil just because he sounds meaner i mean that's a better name right sure yeah i think like mothman has more um popularity now call i've seen Mm -hmm. like tons of mothman shit um Mm -hmm. but yeah i mean jersey devil's og and that's more like my neck of the woods like heard about the jersey devil so yeah all right now to the big ones oh this is gonna hurt you who is winning the matchup of sasquatch and the kraken well it depends on where it happens okay (laughs) if it's in the water the kraken (laughs) if it's out of the water probably the sasquatch 
Uh, it's on a riverbank. Yeah, probably the Kraken. <laughs> probably pull uh, Maybe Sasquatch has a missile launcher. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> uh, shoot. All right. And who's won the matchup between, ooh, Wendigo and the Jersey Devil? That's interesting. Oh, yeah. That's weird. That that thing is weird, that Jersey Devil thing. Um, I'm going to stay with the Jersey Devil. I just got a feeling. <laughs> it's just, I got a feeling about it. Yeah. All right. And I think I know this, but who's winning, the Kraken or the Jersey Devil? Well, Kraken wins that one every time. Do you think there is still a Kraken out there now? To, you know what? I don't have a clue. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a lot of stuff out there that we we have not even gotten close to discovering. In the oceans, they're just wide open. So very possible that or something like it, but I don't know. Yeah. I, don't it's know like, I definitely think at some point there was a very large giant squid that probably took out boats now I'm sure that is that happened. the case now like i don't know it's kind of hard to tell like you know because a lot of that has to do with like food supply and with you know now that regular ocean travel is a thing especially you know subsurface ocean travel i'm not you know i'm not sure i don't know um i really don't have a, an opinion one way or the other on it but, but in this battle royale, Kraken wins. So, Tim, thank you very much for well, joining you. me today. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Before I let you go, one more time, let the people know about the book and let them know where they can find you at. Well, the, the, the book is called Tom Tomato Fields. My name is Tim Moon, and it's moon just like in the sky. And if you throw both my name and Tomato Fields into an Amazon search, it comes right up. Also, uh, I do a lot on Instagram, which is Tim underscore, or I'm sorry, tomato underscore fields. And I'd love it if you followed me and, um, and uh, we could visit there. So, but that's how you get the book. And my uh, email is uh, crypticmysteries23 at gmail.com. So I'd be glad to visit with you there as well. So however, whatever works, appreciate your time. And the book's sure. getting good reviews. I think you, you'd, you'd like it if you're interested in this subject. Absolutely, guys. Be like sure to give him a follow and be sure to pick the book up on Amazon. And as always, be sure to give us a like and follow as well. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram. We are at Jake Dinger Show. Just a reminder, we got new episodes coming out every other Thursday. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your content. So, Tim, I value and appreciate you. Thank you.